Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are gathered at your feet this morning. And we just come and humble ourselves before you. We just come and make ourselves lowly before you. Lord, you are the one that's great among us today. And our eyes are upon you. And we bless the holy and mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your presence, which is at work here in this place. And we just say from our heart that we love you. We just say from the very depths of our soul that we need you. And we want to bless your holy name. Jesus, thank you that you're walking among us this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you abide here among us. And we know that today is a day that you have made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. We know that today is a day that even before the foundations of the world, you had this moment in mind. And so, Creator God, Savior and King, we bow before you, and we give you reverence. And we bless the holy and majestic name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'm in a moment. We're going to just read a scripture, and then we're going to jump into a conversation about the Holy Spirit, uh, something that's actually been burning in my heart for quite a while, but it was confirmed on Wednesday night as, as Steve was sharing with us, and um, wow, I'm just, I just really anticipating what's going to happen here this morning. There's a couple of things going on this weekend I just want to draw your attention to because we need your prayers and, and possibly your participation. The first thing is this, on Saturday night... Uh, Steve and I are going to be jumping on a plane and flying to El Salvador because on Monday we'll be receiving a team for our 30th Crusade week uh, in three nations. It's going to be, the Crusade's going to be held in a place called Ocotepeque. It's in Honduras. It's right on the border where three nations touch. So right in that spot you have Honduras, you have Guatemala, and you have El Salvador. One of the things I'm really excited about that trip is on the Saturday, the following Saturday, a week on Saturday, we're going to, Pastor Steve's going to be sharing in Guatemala to pastors. We have another lowly team member who will be sharing in El Salvador to pastors. And then I'll be sharing in Honduras to pastors all at the same time, reaching and touching three nations. It's called the Three Nations Crusade. And we'll be sharing more about that at the banquet, which, as Pastor Josh so wonderfully put on the announcements, is this Friday. If, you, if the Lord puts it in your heart to come join us on Friday, we'd love for you to come. So many things are happening in our world, and we get to be a little part of, of God's team and the nations. We're excited about sharing some of those things with you. To give you a little appetizer, I want to show you a video of, that's part of our banquet. So go ahead and show the video, please. So if you want to come and be a part of that, it's uh, Friday night. It's at the Hearst Convention Center, a beautiful facility. And Elisa, Steve, they'll all be out in the front selling tickets. This morning, like I was, I was just hinting at a moment ago, I just feel like I'm entering into a season where I'm getting hungrier and hungrier for the manifest, the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and Steve made a mention of it on, on, uh, on Wednesday night. And I remember walking out here thinking, you know what I need to do? I just need to pray through the entire night tonight. Of course, I got home and it didn't happen. But uh, there was such a hunger that was inside my heart, and I found myself on Friday doing that. Just saying, Jesus, let's just start reaching out to you and, and just asking you just to come and just pour and pour and pour. And it was 11.30, and then it was 12.30, and then it was 1.30, and, and it just went on. I'm not telling you that because I'm an expert in how the Holy Spirit works. 
I've just been fortunate at times to be a witness to some just enormous and amazing things that he's done in this earth. We've seen him bring people out of wheelchairs. We've watched blind eyes be opened suddenly here in the United States. We've seen the Holy Spirit bring conviction into the hearts of people who are not living like holy lives like they know they're supposed to be living. Over and over and over, we've seen the goodness and the grace of the Lord. And it's just, it's just enough of a taste to make you crave for even more. And so with that as a backdrop, I want to approach the Holy Spirit because life in the Holy Spirit is so absolutely important. It's so absolutely dynamic and radical. And if I could just somehow unpackage some of that today, that's what my heart would be. And so let's jump right into the message. I, wanna, I just want to read a verse of scripture out of Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Just a few words. It's not my text, but it is something that I'm going to be saying at the very end of the message. And this is what it says. It's the context is the angel speaking to uh, Mary. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. I want to just start by saying that the Holy Spirit is the living expression of God. He's also the administrator of the works of God. And just by the very definition that we give him, Holy Spirit, we see his character, his essence, his nature. He's holy. And so I want to, I want to break out four things for you this morning, just for you to, to take and to consume, and then asking that the Holy Spirit later, even as you walk out of here, and even during the week, even while you're sleeping, that he would bring these things back to your remembrance. The first thing is this, pictures of the Holy Spirit. The scriptures give us many pictures of the Holy Spirit, but I just want to lay three out to you very quickly so that you can just drink them in. Number one, the Holy Spirit is described as breath, the very breath of God. And it's the breath of God that makes things come alive. And on the day of Pentecost, that breath of God sounded like a mighty rushing wind. That's one picture. There's a second picture. The Holy Spirit is described as rain. Now, we, we live here in Texas, and, and we're familiar with drought and the need for rain. And when it is dry, we know that when the rain comes, it brings refreshment to the parched ground. We know it brings revitalization to the vegetation. And this, in one sense, is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And so we have a picture of him as being breath. We have a picture of him being rain. We also have another scriptural picture of him, and that's him being fire. The fire that burns up the dross and melts the chains away. It's, it's said of Samson that, that he was tied up with new ropes. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, the Bible says this. The ropes became like flax that is burned with fire. And when the fire touched those ropes, they fell off him. The bonds were broken. He was free, and there was a victory. Holy Spirit does this with us all the time. He breaks us free of our bondage. Now, what is the meaning of these three pictures? Glad you asked that. If you feel like a drowning person today, and you need a breath of fresh air, you need the Holy Spirit. If you feel like something has died inside of you, and you need to be revived, you need the Holy Spirit. If you feel parched in your soul and need something to drink, then you need the Holy Spirit. 
If you feel lost in a dry place and need the refreshing rains to fall from heaven, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you feel bound up by chains and desperately need to be set free, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you're cold, insecure, indifferent to the things of God, you need the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and can hear my voice and everything seems wonderful, you still need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who breathes life into our souls. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the revival rains into our soul. And he is the one who purges us with holy fire and sets us free. There's breath. There's rain. There's fire. These are three remarkable pictures given to us in the Holy Spirit. And they are all reminders that we need the Holy Spirit. I pray today, if you think back upon these pictures, that you'll hear the voice of the Lord saying, we need the Holy Spirit. But it's not just pictures. It's the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. I want to open this up to you because the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit is a really big deal. Let me say that again. This promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit is a really big deal. Today, the Holy Spirit is overlooked in many churches. For some, he's just an expression of history. For others, maybe just an expression of theology. But to Jesus, the Holy, is an ex the Holy Spirit is an expression of reality. The Holy Spirit is absolutely vital for the ongoing well-being of the church. Notice the words that Jesus said right before he ascended when he was speaking to his disciples. He said this, you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's why they were tarry in Jerusalem. The coming of the Holy Spirit is a really big deal. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the book of Genesis, you see that hovering over the chaos of creation was the Holy Spirit. If you look around today, you'll know that hovering over the world is the Holy Spirit. Hovering over our lives is the Holy Spirit. Hovering over our families is the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit, this promise of his coming is a really big deal. Let's go a little bit deeper. The coming of the Holy Spirit is a really big deal because it's a gift from the Father. Just think about the gifts that the Father has already given us. He gave us his Son for redemption. And now he gives us the Holy Spirit for transformation. Just catch that. The gifts that have come from the Father, just two of them that I'm pointing out now. He gave his Son for redemption, and he gives us his Holy Spirit for transformation. The coming of the Holy Spirit is also a big deal because it's the heart and answered prayer of Jesus Christ. 
It's the heart of Jesus because he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. It's the heart of Jesus because he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. And it is the heart of Jesus because he said this, it is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Can you catch the mystery of what Jesus is saying? Can you catch it? Listen, he's telling his disciples Guys who had been around him for three years during his earthly life and ministry. Who knew him as well as anybody would have known him. Guys who would have been very close to him and known him intimately. Not just seeing the miracles, not just hearing the teachings, but guys who would have been there in his camp. Walking with him day in and day out. Jesus says to them, it's better for the Holy Spirit to come among you than for you to enjoy my visible presence. Why? Because the visible presence of Jesus was limited to a particular location. But the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit is universal. The same Spirit of God that is stirring our hearts this morning is the same Spirit of God stirring the hearts in Latin America. The same Spirit that's moving hearts in Africa. The same Spirit moving the hearts in China all around the world. That's why Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go away that I may send the helper. The promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit is a big deal. Just moving along. So we have the pictures of the Holy Spirit. And they remind us that we need the Holy Spirit. We have the, the promise. And it's a reminder that it's a really, really big deal. But what about the purpose for his coming? Understand that the universal presence of the Holy Spirit is at work both in the world and in the church. His purpose in the church is different than his purpose in the world. They're different. On one side, in the world, the mission of the Holy Spirit is to bring people to Jesus. That's why we do these crusades in Latin America, so that people can hear that Jesus loves them. On the other side, in the church, the Holy Spirit is working to make people like Jesus. On one side, to bring them to Jesus. On the other side, to make them like Jesus. Jesus said this about the world. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So in the world... He's drawing souls to Jesus, that they would be born again, that they would start a relationship with the Father. 
And as a church, whether it's on Sunday night, whether it's on Tuesday morning, but as a church, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would deal with the hearts of lost people because the world needs Jesus. This is why when you open up your mouth and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, all of heaven lines up behind you to see it through that Jesus could be glorified and the kingdom established. And in the church, the Holy Spirit is here to encourage, to exhort, and to comfort. To comfort. On one hand, he's here to help us witness and to win our battles against the enemy of our soul. That's why the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by, says the Lord. And so we see on one hand, the Holy Spirit is working among us so that we can have victory over the enemy in our warfare and that we can have breakthrough in our witness in the world. On the other hand, the Holy Spirit is here and present to help us with our worship. Jesus said this, the Father is looking for those who will worship him in, in spirit and in truth. Indeed, the Holy Spirit is here to draw all our eyes to Jesus. So when we pray for the Holy Spirit on Sunday nights, when we pray on Tuesday and other times, when we pray for him to come among us, for his manifest presence to be established among us, what are we asking him? We're asking him to quicken our hearts. We're asking him to reveal Jesus. We're asking him to make heaven real to us. So he's working in the world, in the church, to bring people to Jesus that we might be purified, holy, like he is holy. We saw this at one of our crusades in Honduras a couple of years ago. There was a pastor and he was helping us put together a choir. We were using a choir at that time. And there were different churches that were submitting people who would be a part of this worship team. And you know, the choir could be several hundred people because you had all these different churches that were wanting to get involved, and people were excited. I get to sing, and people get to see me, so their mom's going to come and all that. So we, have, we had this pastor who was organizing that and, and, and putting together this, this massive choir. Well, something happened. The firepower of the Holy Spirit just fell in, in such strength that night. And this man came under tremendous conviction. You see, for over a year, he had secretly been living a double standard. Not living with his wife, living a double standard. But when the standard of God's holiness fell upon him, he broke. He broke. And in front of thousands of people, he repented. Before them, as a community, for being a secret sinner, and also in front of his wife. But that's not all that happened. More happened. His 
wife came up on the platform. And when she came up on the platform, it was like a mighty rushing wind. It was just this intense wave. You remember this, Steve? This intense wave that came across the platform. And this is what happened. Suddenly there was this Holy Spirit presence on the, on the platform that was lifting up and exalting the standard of marriage and the holiness attached to marriage and the relationships of men and women and how they should live and the, just, the enormous, just the enormous power and presence. And this is what happened. The leader put his microphone down, turned, found his wife over there, Nobody's talking to the crowd now. Walks over and hugs his wife and they start weeping. Other leaders on the platform walking off the stage looking for their spouses, hugging one another, crying over each other as the Lord was strengthening the bonds of marriage of all the leaders there. So on one side, with thousands of people, the Holy Spirit's drawing people to Jesus. And on the other side, especially pertaining to marriage and the relationship between a man and a woman, he was exalting the holy standard of marriage and bringing them together. The Holy Spirit's purpose in the world to draw people to Jesus. His purpose in the church is to purify us that he might make us look like Jesus. I got to hurry. I'm used to preaching in Latin America where I can just go on for hours. So, okay, so let's wrap it up with this. We've looked at the pictures, and when you think about the pictures, I hope you hear it crying out from inside of you we need the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the promise, the coming of the Holy Spirit really is a big deal. And we've looked at the purpose of the Holy Spirit that he's active in the world to win souls, and he's active in the church to make us look like Jesus. But what is the application of the Holy Spirit for us this morning? Hear again the words of Jesus who said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're gonna be witnesses in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. You're going to be witnesses in Texas, in the United States of America, and even to the four corners of this world. When Jesus used the word power, he was using it in two capacities. Number one, he was saying the Holy Spirit gives us authority. Number two, he was saying the Holy Spirit gives us ability. Now listen to this. The Holy Spirit gives you authority because you are now a child of God. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit gives you authority because you now belong to Jesus. As a son and a daughter of the king, you now have rights. You're no longer a slave of sin. You're a child of God and not just a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Satan no longer has a claim over you. You have Holy Spirit authority to use the name of Jesus, and there is power in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit gives you authority, but the Holy Spirit also gives you 
ability. He gives you the ability to be a better parent. He gives you the ability to be a better son or daughter. He gives you the ability to be a better business person. And he gives you the ability to be a more effective witness that you would have a real testimony of the grace of God to share. This is life. Life with the Holy Spirit. Awareness of his presence. Assurance of his promises and his purpose. And the activation of his power. This is why we press in. This is why we reach up. Because we are hungry to live not like the world lives, but to live like Jesus lived. We need the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this. This morning, the Holy Spirit is here to draw us to the feet of Jesus. And we're going to do that this morning through communion in a moment. In fact, if you want to go ahead, ushers, and come forward, that you can. And Pastor Brent, you can also come. Pastor Dan, if you want to come as I just finish this thought. I know there are people in this place right now that even as we read the scripture at the beginning from Luke chapter 1, you are aware that the Holy Spirit has come upon you this morning. You are aware that the power of the highest is overshadowing you this morning. It may be for the miracle of salvation. It may be the miracles of healing. It may be something new is being birthed inside of you. It may be for fiery hunger for the Lord. But the Bible says this, you can believe it because with God, nothing is impossible. If the Holy Spirit is touching you today, then the Holy Spirit is inviting you today. So prepare your hearts for communion. And Bethesda, God bless you. Thank you very much.